There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Mark Ellison has supported Independent Tech News directly for about a day. Be like Mark. Become a DTNS member right now at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Friday, April 12th, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. I'm back with a new workflow. I'm Len Peralta. And I'm Roger Chang, the show's producer and possibly the unpopular kid on this. <laughs> oh, I think he's the most popular of all of us. Uh, but joining us also is Patrick Norton, host of Tech Thing and AVXL. Patrick, thanks for coming back to the show. Thanks for having me back to the show. We are going to talk to Patrick about some high-quality audio streaming and some high-quality audio headphones to listen to that high-quality audio streaming on. But let's start with a few tech things you should know. GoFundMe announced the launch of GoFundMe.org, a 501c3 public charity that allows for tax-deductible donations for individuals or certified charities that have been verified by their trust and safety teams. TechCrunch notes that this is effectively a rebrand of the Direct Impact Fund, which has worked with GoFundMe since 2017. The launch also includes GoFundMe.org Causes, which takes donations for general causes like animal rescue, K-12 classrooms, or mental health, and distributes the funds to many charities working in the space. Gmail has become the first major email provider to integrate the MTA, STS, and TLS reporting security standards uh, designed to thwart man-in-the-middle attacks. MTA, STS can ensure that any mail received has gone through an encrypted channel, and TLS reporting lets servers find out whether a message was successfully or failed to be sent out. A Chinese-Taiwanese group consisting of Taiwanese flat screen maker TPK Holding and Chinese investment firm Harvest Group will funnel 80 billion yen into Japan display by buying shares and bonds in what's essentially a bailout plan. The deal will make them Japan Display's biggest shareholders, a 49.8% stake, which replaces its previous Japanese government-backed INCJ fund. All right, let's talk about Disney launching its Disney Plus streaming service in the United States November 12th for $6.99 a month. 
it's all, that's less than half HBO now. Uh, it's almost half Netflix. You can also pay for a year at a time, $69. The service supports 4K and HDR content. For sure is ready to stream to Roku and PS4. And they say by the time they launch, they'll have desktop browser support, most other TV and mobile platforms, uh, all the streaming boxes and everything. Content will be available for unlimited offline viewing as long as you remain a subscriber. If you download it, it'll never expire. Household users can set up individual profiles. There are family controls as well. And the service backend is powered by BamTech. That's the same company that powers PlayStation View, MLB TV, and HBO Now, among others. A worldwide launch of Disney Plus is expected over the next two years. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. I'm not even going in to the original content from Marvel uh, and Star Wars. The Mandalorian will be available from day one. That's the John Favreau Star Wars universe series. Uh, there will also be movies. Captain Marvel is going to go there when it hits the end of its window. Uh, so will the Lion King. Uh, all of the Star Wars movies, although I didn't notice Last Jedi on the list, but all the Star Wars movies, except maybe The Last Jedi right away, will be available at launch on Disney+, Plus, except for obviously Episode Nine, which won't have come out yet. But once Episode Nine is out of uh, the window that prevents it from being on streaming, it will come to Disney+, Plus, and I assume Last Jedi will follow once it's done with its obligations elsewhere as well. So... What do you guys think of Disney Plus? I think there was there was like a tantrum that I heard things being flung somewhere down on the peninsula, and now I know why after reading that article. Um, I I think uh, I think Disney's out for blood. I think they want to hurt Netflix. I think they want to hurt HBO, Showtime, and everybody else they can in the industry. Um, you know, they've got. So you're so talking much about money. the Silicon Valley Peninsula. 
Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> Actually, they're also over in Hollywood. So I think I heard the same thing you're talking about over here. Well, I was, I was, yeah, I was thinking of like Netflix. Where's Where's Netflix's main office? I mean, you know, yeah. um, uh, wherever it was. Yeah. Somewhere south of me, there was like, you know, flinging of things. But it's, I mean, it's crazy, right? Because it's, it's, you know, it's, it's like, we're going to have new, we're going to have all the movies you love. We're going to have all these new series. And by the way, your kids who watch all of this stuff, now you can have it for seven bucks. It's just, I didn't um, even talk about high school musical and in original content around high school musical and yeah. reunions of the original high school musical cast. I mean, th- that's not, well, they thing, also but... make content for younger children too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, it's uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by the price. I'm curious to see how well it works. Well, um, all kidding aside, we were, you know, t- sort of, you know, going back and forth about star Wars and, you know, what people like and don't like before the show started. Right. Does $7 a month seem like a deal? Because everybody's hiking up their prices. So the fact that this is, you know, undercutting that, you know, $10 a month, which is sort of the going rate is interesting. But again, you're not getting everything. You're getting Disney stuff. Yeah, I don't know. So what we've been what we've been watching is all of these different content creators or all these different sort of what I think of as, you know, what do we call them? A movie studio production house, a, a media conglomerate. Um, they've all been sort of like, oh, we need to start like CBS. We're going to do, you know, a star, a star Trek thing and we're going to make you, you know, subscribe to our service. All these different services are basically still pissed off about Netflix having access to their content for so many years so cheap. And I, don't, they, I don't agree with you on that. I don't think they're pissed off at all. This is a purely like emotionless business move. Disney okay. was happy to get money from Netflix for years until they realized, hey, we could make more money if we move this inside. So now they're moving okay. inside. I also don't think Netflix is that worried about Disney+. Plus. I would be more worried if I'm Netflix about what Disney's going to do with Hulu and all the Fox stuff that they're going to f- f- put yeah. into there. Because The Simpsons is going to Disney+. Plus. But all that other Fox FX stuff uh, that they have, that's going to go into Hulu. And that's where I think Netflix is going to feel the heat more. If I will act like an emotional analyst and and not speak like myself, I'd say the emerging markets and streaming media indicate that most production houses will be pulling content inside behind a paywall instead of offering users the opportunity to enjoy a broad selection across. You know what I mean? Like Netflix is behind a paywall. It just depends on who manages the paywall. That's all. I know, but I mean, it's like, it's one thing to have, you used to be able to get almost everything movie-wise on Netflix, right? And then it's sort of, you know, Netflix lost that stars contract, that, 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 that hack they had to access the content. But I guess what I'm saying is, is it's pretty soon if you have, you know, fairly wide tastes, you're going to be paying for like 13 different $8 to $15 a month subscriptions. It was like, oh, I want Game of Thrones and I want, oh, I, I want, uh, you know, American Gods and I want this and I want that and I want the other thing and that thing. And all of a sudden you're up to like 80 or 100 bucks a month in different services. What will happen right. is you I, I, won't do that because you won't be able to afford it. And a bunch of those services are going to go <laughs> under and then the whole market's going to balance out. Well, and that's or, why I think, you know, VOD services as a whole, like every company's like, let's shoot our shot. I don't know. Maybe people will, you know, subscribe and it'll be great. Most of the time that isn't the case because it's too limited as far as content goes. Yeah. Nick with a C in the chat room just said, I think it'd be a better deal if there was an option to pay per film. There is. <laughs> it's called renting. You can do that right now on almost every Or you every can buy film. the Blu-ray. Yeah. Or you can buy the Blu-ray. And then or you can buy it off iTunes or Amazon yeah, Prime yeah, yeah. or Google Play or... It just seems like things are getting spread out again in a way that's we're we're seeing the overlapping of an old business model with a new business model, and there's just way more people trying to make this work than the market will be able to handle. But eventually, I think it will shake out. 
Uber made its S1 filing for an initial public offering of stock on Thursday. It was right after our show ended yesterday, in fact. The filing says that the company had 91 million monthly active users at the end of 2018, which is up 33.8% from 2017 but slowing from 51% growth the year earlier. Revenue rose 42% in 2018 to $11.3 billion, but again slowed from 102% growth in 2017. The company lost $3.03 billion in 2018 and cautioned in the filing that it may not achieve profitability. Uber also spent $1.5 million on R&D in 2018 with $457 million specifically on autonomous vehicles and flying cars and other technology programs. Uber also says that human drivers are a part of its core business for the foreseeable future, and there will be a long period of hybrid autonomy with drivers serving most consumer demands. That's the thing that caught my eye after hearing the Ford CEO yesterday say, yeah, autonomous cars, not going to happen as fast as we thought. Now Uber yeah, Uber's like that. Our drivers are really important part of our business. <laughs> They're not going anywhere just yet. Which is true. I mean, it it's true that yep, we don't have autonomous Uber drivers on the road right now. It's and you know, I I, I use Uber and Uber Eats very regularly, and that is a huge part of um, the ecosystem. I mentioned before the show, Tom, like, ooh, not getting profitable, and I you know, said, well, yeah, you know, it's it's you know, that's that's not super uncommon for for a company of Uber size where it's it's all sort of about the trajectory and not really what they're taking in at this moment. Um, but I wonder, yeah, like what does Uber look like in five years? Not profitable, apparently. Uh, yeah, we were laughing a little bit about that. Hopefully it won't be as bad for them as, as they are covering their butts to say, uh, the previously announced auction of 5g spectrum in the United States has been set to begin December 10th. We knew there was going to be another auction and now we have a date. Uh, this will be for the 37 gigahertz, 39 gigahertz and 47 gigahertz bands. They already had an auction for the 28 gigahertz and 24 gigahertz bands, March 14th. So if you're hearing this pitched as something new or, or something that was special, it's not, uh, it's just giving a date to something that is pretty normal. Uh, we had 700 megahertz spectrum auctions in, in advance of 4G. This is the one in advance of 5G. The FCC also announced its proposal for a $20.4 billion rural broadband fund as part of the Universal Service Fund. Uh, this also isn't really new. It's an expansion of an existing program. Uh, previously, and in fact currently, there's a $9 billion fund that was started in 2015 that provides $1.5 billion a year for rural broadband, up to 10 megabits per second of service. This new fund would provide $2 billion a year over 10 years and uh, encourage up to gigabit service. So it's it's taking that fund, adding a little more money and saying, let's, let's do a lot better than 10 megabits per second. Let's do gigabit out in the rural areas. So I, I mostly wanted to talk about this on the show today because this is being reported in a lot of very strange and unusual ways. It's not a, a non-newsworthy story, uh, but it's also a very expected auction getting a date, uh, not not a special move, and it's an expansion of an existing program. And the big big positive is saying, hey, let's when we bring broadband, let's mean broadband to rural areas and do gigabit. So good for the FCC. 
App researcher Jane Manchin Wong discovered that Facebook is testing the possibility of returning Messenger back into the core Facebook app. The existing Messenger icon in the Facebook app would take users to a chat screen rather than opening up the separate app as it works now. Wong notes that the integrated Messenger he saw can only send and receive messages and still requires the Messenger app to make calls, send photos, or send message reactions. You know, okay, so I thought a little bit about this, and it's always bugged me a little bit that, you know, Facebook, which owns lots of very successful standalone apps, Messenger and WhatsApp are the, the cl- most closely competing of the two, right? And I, I don't use WhatsApp a lot, unless I'm overseas, uh, and then it, um, the usage goes up a lot with, with my friends who live outside the States. But I do use Messenger a lot, and I remember when Facebook made a big to-do about making Messenger more of a standalone uh, operation. And, you know, people sort of mumbled and grumbled and then got used to it mm-hmm. or, or didn't use Messenger at all, so it didn't matter. But this sort of makes sense to me. It, it makes sense that Facebook would want to give, especially all of the news as of late of what Facebook has been going through, people more of a reason to be in that core Facebook app. And if you bundle Messenger into that a little bit more, you get some folks that maybe had had a reason to not really log into Facebook at all get back in there. Yeah, I I I was annoyed uh, when this went away. It went away five years ago. We d- actually talked about it on uh, the bonus show that we do for the co-executive producer level and up on Patreon, where we look back at stories from five years ago. And it was five years ago this month, I think, uh, that they announced that they were stripping it out. Uh, I, I guess it doesn't bug me that much because when you tap on it, it launches the other app and it's like, okay, well, I guess it's, you know, mildly seamless. Uh, but it always bugged me. It's like, well, why can't you just have it without having to launch a separate app? And it looks like they're going back to that idea, maybe with not all the bells and whistles, which is fine. If I'm in Facebook and I just want to check the message without having to go to another app, then then this will let me do it in a, in a split second faster than I would otherwise. I've kind of gotten used to it, though. <laughs> Patrick, do you even use this? I do. I, I at this point, I, I I work so hard to eliminate Facebook and Messenger as much as possible from my life. Um, and you know, it, any changes they make, I assume, are something that's going to make it easier for them to track my information or stuff more things in front of my eyeballs that I didn't want to see anyway. Um, I just have no, I have no love for Facebook whatsoever, other than occasionally seeing pictures of friends and what they're doing. I'll be uh, honest. I would be more upset if they took away the messenger app, which there's no indication that they're doing here uh, because it is the main way that I communicate with my nephew who lives in Australia. Uh, And if I tapped that and it took me into the full Facebook app every time, that would be annoying. Uh, So I'm I'm glad it doesn't. (laughs) It's a good thing. Yeah. Cobuzz is a high-quality streaming music service available in public beta in the United States uh, for $9.99 a month, due for a full launch here in May. It's been available in other parts of the world for a while. Uh, You can stream audio in multiple formats, right on up to FLAC 24-bit, 192 kilohertz. They also make uh, music available for purchase in high-quality audio like that. The French company was founded in 2007, so they're not new. They're just new to the U.S., and Patrick, you've been trying this out. How is it? It's really, really good. Uh, it's interesting to watch other people's reviews of it because it's it's turning into this weird sort of, um, I don't know, litmus test for for 
what people like and don't like. In terms of music usage, I still think Spotify is the best way to discover music out there. Titles has 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 is has a big darling in the um, audiophile community because it offers lossless streaming flack uh, files, basically CD quality files, exactly like bit perfect for what you get off a of CD. Cobuzz is interesting because a lot of people are very curious about high res audio, but high res audio albums like are usually really expensive if you go up to HD tracks or someplace. So Cobuzz gives you a chance. For 20 bucks a month, you can basically stream. Uh, they're talking about having 40 million tracks overall in, in lossless quality, 170,000 albums, so maybe 2 million songs that, that are available in high-res, like 24-bit, uh, 192 kilohertz audio. So if you've been curious about high-res audio but don't want to spend hundreds of dollars or even you know 50 or 60 bucks buying two or three albums, this gives you a chance for 25 bucks a month to listen to a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I like it. They they they've made an effort to make, you know, it it's more music and music enthusiast centric and unlike title, it's not sort of like, oh, Jay-Z has a new album and you're going to see it in your face every time you launch the app for 8 weeks. Not that I'm really cranky about that. Um, <laughs> that's <laughs> nice just album. theoretical, right? Not something you No, no. Yeah, right. No, that wasn't theoretical at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it literally was like 2 months of of every time <laughs> I opened up the app, you know, it was like this album and I'm like, I know, you told me about it yesterday and the day before. Um, so one one point of clarification is it's Cobuz yeah. Q O B U Z if people are wondering, but also the 9.99 a month that I mentioned that's just the first tier. That doesn't get you access yeah. to everything, right? So you get for premium, uh, what they call their premium is 320 kilobits per second or a very, very high quality MP3 for 10 bucks a month. If you want to go to lossless, it's the same price as titles, lossless flack files for 20 bucks a month. Um, and then the next step up for 25 bucks a month, they do high res audio. And if you are a high res audio enthusiast and you want to have all of your albums in high res for 300 bucks a year, they have what they call their sublime level. Mm. And the real attraction to that is they allow you to buy high res albums incredibly cheaply. Hmm. So, uh, if you want to build a large collection of high res albums, this is a way to do it. Well, not that, you know, I mean, you, you, you got to want to spend a lot of money on music because it's 300 bucks for the subscription and then you still pay additional money to own the albums permanently, even if you aren't a Cobus subscriber. Gotcha. It's worth uh, checking. Well, folks, you're going to want some nice headphones if you want to listen to this high quality audio. So let's get to the uh, the Patrick's picks around headphones. Don't forget, if you uh, want to get the TED tech headlines each day in about five minutes, subscribe to dailytechheadlines.com. Let's start talking about the headphones that will not make me break a 20. Okay, Monoprice 8323, the closed back over ear dynamic DJ headphone. Um, they're like 16 bucks direct from Monoprice. I think they cost 20 bucks on Amazon. These are shockingly good for the money. In fact, I've seen headphones that cost five or eight times as much that don't sound as good as these. They are plasticky. They are vinyl. Uh, they will make your ears sweat because they have, you know, vinyl ear pads. Look at that, ladies and gentlemen. About half the editors at the Rev3 uh, studio were using the Monoprice 8323s. It's a alarmingly good headphone for the money. Uh, it is plasticky, and as Roger is demonstrating, it is about as you know not stylish as any headphone we've ever seen. <laughs> I, uh, I will say this: they are pretty durable for super dirt cheap headphones. I've had these yeah. for six, seven years. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, they're they are they are alarmingly good for the money, especially if you have like a teenager that destroys things, um, or you have to give headphones to children and you don't want to be out of a lot of money. It's really nice. Uh, you know, if you don't want to spend a hundred bucks for puros that are going to keep their hearing safe, that's a good way to go. Now, if Sony I've got MD- a little more cash, what do I do? 
Sony MDR seventy five hundred six um, is uh, I first saw them in studios in New York City like twenty five years ago. Uh, Wirecutter picks these as like their best headphone under one hundred fifty bucks. Uh, they sell for eighty bucks generally. Um, they are not out of stock on at least one or two other listings on there or shouldn't be, but you know, you're going to pay 80 bucks for these. Um, they are alarmingly good. Uh, they have good base. They have excellent highs. They're incredibly neutral. Um, and it's funny because the first time I think I ever read about them, uh, there was a speaker designer by the name of Dunlavy who was making like seven, eight, nine thousand dollars speakers like 15, 20 years ago. And he was like, these are the most neutral sounding headphones you can buy. They are amazing. Um, and that's from a guy who was, who was like, you could basically buy a car brand new for what he was charging for speakers. He was like, these are the great headphones. If you want to know what your music sounds like, you know, get a set of Sony MDR 7506s, get a Spotify premium account, listen through that for like six months, maybe upgrade to an audio quest dragonfly and you have a really good idea how good your music can sound well these are the headphones that i'm actually wearing right now Mm -hmm. these are the and they are my headphones of choice i agree that they in heat can can they can get a little sweaty but they are comfortable the sound is great and yes when you're doing stuff like audio editing anything that really requires you to you know like the minutia of stuff Mm-hmm. These are the headphones to get, and considering that they're you know under a hundred dollars, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't see a better deal out there. For the I, quality. Yeah, no. <laughs> I will add that's pretty much the standard set of headphones that you'll find yeah. in any broadcasting outfit, whether it's a local news station or CNN. Yeah, they're really, really good. So um, uh, Sarah and I have the MDR seventy five oh sixes. Roger has the eighty three twenty threes. What about the people who have more money than we do? <laughs> well, I have both of those. Um, <laughs> Something that came out last year, I found out some for the first time last summer. Monoprice is 565C closed back. Uh, they're they're basically a closed over ear headphone. These are planar magnetic, and and uh, you know a couple of years ago I thought planar magnetic was going to wipe out you know dynamic or regular speaker style drivers at the high end. Uh, turns out there's a lot of goodness left in in dynamic drivers, but these sound phenomenal big solid sub bass if you if you want to really hear everything in your electronica or your orchestral music or your jazz um these are really really good um they have more bass than uh, hi-fi man's 400s which are kind of the at least until i heard these were kind of the go-to for an audiophile headphone for a couple of hundred bucks um they're closed uh back so you won't irritate your neighbors and they have a really, really good sound stage. I mean, a really wonderful headphone. Um, you're going to want to have lossless tracks, or you're going to want to have some high quality tracks. You know, if you're listening to the standard level Spotify or something, I wouldn't waste my money buying a $200 set of headphones. And then, if you want to waste your money buying an $800 set of headphones, what should I get? You are a super audio geek. You have ripped your entire audio collection uh, to flack, or you've got a giant collection of high-res audio files. You want to take it to the next level, and you don't want to spend $4,000. I mean, these are Mr. Speaker's Aeon. They have an open-back and a closed-back version. This is an unbelievably well-tuned, unbelievably... These sound amazing, um, but you know, like a lot of things in life... um, this is not the thing. You don't spend $800 on a set of headphones so you can sit in your office with a bunch of people yelling in the background. This is like, I'm going to sit and I'm going to listen to music and I'm going to concentrate on every detail and then it's going to be a phenomenal experience, uh, which sounds like I'm mocking it, but I'm really not. Uh, but this is, to get a better set of headphones in these, these are like 800 uh, new. They sell refurbished versions off the website for like $670. Uh, i have seen them for sale used for like 500 you're going to have to spend probably two or $3,000 to get something that sounds better than these. Um, 
Dan Clark, the Mr. Speaker, he's an interesting cat. Like $800 sounds like a lot, and it is, but they're half the price of his previous sort of flagship headphones. And I think they are as good sounding or better as the $1,600 headphones. And his way of looking at it is that most people will never hear, much less buy a set of $20,000 speakers. So my goal is to give you that phenomenal level of audio quality for under $1,000. And if you look at it that way, it's kind of interesting. That's fantastic. Uh, what a great roundup. Uh, and folks, if you want to know uh, links to these products that, that Patrick's talking about, we'll have them all on the website uh, in the Google Doc that's embedded there at dailytechnewsshow.com. But just to recap, it's the Monoprice 8323s that are 16 bucks. the MDR7506 from Sony, a classic uh, for 80 bucks. Mine have lasted me like 12 years, 15 years. Uh, the Monoprice M565C for $200 and the Mr. Speaker's Aeon uh, for $800. Thank you, Patrick. You're welcome. And thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. Sometimes there are headphone stories there as well. You can submit your own and vote on others at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. We're also on Facebook. If you want to hang out with us there, facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. Let's take a look at the mailbag. Let's do it. Daniel in Cincinnati uh, was, 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 he wanted to to weigh in on the whole ejecting flash drives and possibly erasing them conversation, which I thought Patrick would get a kick out of today. Yeah, Vlad, says, Vlad Savov was on the show Monday and asked, has anybody actually damaged their data on a flash drive? Right into us. So we've been getting these emails all week. It's pretty I great. was I was we talked about this. This is this is like the I we I yeah, go ahead. I I have I have thoughts. <laughs> well, so we'll 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 read Daniel's story and see if it resonates with you. Daniel says, "I've seen people wipe their entire flash drive twice. I used to teach computer classes to adults who are learning computer skills to get back into the job force. Some of them would just yank out flash drives indiscriminately." I know of two times when their entire flash drive full of targeted resumes and work histories and Excel spreadsheets of companies that they've applied to and networking contact information all wiped out, completely blank and corrupted USB drives. Apparently, I've told my kids the story because whenever they see somebody yank a flash drive out of a computer in the movies or on TV, they wince and yell, no, don't do that. (laughs) Like when Marvel Steve Rogers was in an Apple store and yanks a USB drive out of a Macintosh in the movie Winter Soldier. Which is funny because, yeah, I, I initially was like, it's like the horror movie where it's like, don't go up the stairs. Don't, don't do that. It's not going to end well for you. It's in the house. It's in the house. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I was laughing because it was like, oh, I've actually wiped three drives uh, or two drives. Actually, take that back. Two drives since like October uh, <laughs> after the release came out uh, doing this. And uh, I'm like, I'm trying really hard to unlearn the manual removal. But every time that happens, mm-hmm. um, it happens a lot more with cheap USB thumb drives than it does with good USB thumb drives. But yeah, I've had it happen. Um, Sometimes at the worst possible time with the worst possible data. I'll be honest. I will continue to eject the things for a long time in windows, uh, even though they tell me it's okay. Uh, Just it's, uh, it's a learned behavior, you know, what are you going to do? Also a learned behavior is getting great art from Len Peralta on Fridays. Uh, Len, what have you been drawing today? Well, let me preface this, Art of the thing. Um, this That's is an editorial awesome. cartoon. Yeah. Okay, what do you say that I it's an editorial it. cartoon, um, and uh, it actually shows the 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 big mouse in a positive light. If you want to look at it that way, uh, 
This is called Disney is set to stream. And it's the classic image of our friend uh, Ricky Rouse, uh, <laughs> who is uh, who is has his foot up, uh, his 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 right foot up, and he's about to squash the competition, folks. His Netflix. yellow shoes are poised to uh, <laughs> take Netflix, YouTube, and Apple uh, off the stage. <laughs> Out of the Thanks game. for setting up the market for me, guys. <laughs> yeah, please don't sue me. So so yes, so yes, actually it does say please don't sue me on this print. And if you want to see that in person, go to my online store, lenbrawlstore.com. Or if you're one of my patrons, this is there right now for you to download. Patreon.com forward slash Len. You get it uh, just because you're back and be at the five. This is the first time I've seen people in the chat room live talking about printing this out before we've even introduced <laughs> it on the show. It's crazy. Uh, That's yeah. pretty great. I'm buying it before before the, the lawyer <laughs> drops. Before I'm taken away uh, the Magic Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Len. Uh, you've outdone yourself. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Thanks also to Patrick Norton for being with us this fine Friday. Patrick, where can people keep up with what all of your latest work is? Oh, T-E-K-T-H-I-N-G dot com or AVXL dot com. The two plus places to go. We just got a new episode of AVXL up. We got another one recording tomorrow. And uh, hey, I do tech thing with Shannon each and every week. And we did talk about windows and drives and death. Ah, <laughs> uh, the, all those inevitables in your life. Yeah, uh, check it out. T e k t h i n g dot com. You hear me talk about all the cool things you get if you're a member of DTNS at Patreon dot com slash DTNS all the time. This week is the week to join if you haven't already. Just out this morning, a Wi-Fi six explainer was my editor's desk for people at the associate producer level and up uh, that explains what Wi-Fi six is, why you will benefit from it, and when you should worry about replacing your router to get it. That's all in the feed right now at patreon.com slash DTNS. And then this evening, a little bit ahead of the rest of the world, you'll get an early look at an interview I did with Karen Howe about machine intelligence. Uh, what is AI? What is How do you separate the hype from the reality? And she does a great job of explaining what machine learning is and supervised and unsupervised learning. Uh, so if you've been trying to get all that stuff straight in your head, this is the chance to do it. Uh, that's coming this evening to the patrons at patreon.com slash DTNS. It'll be in the public feed tomorrow morning as well. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. Keep them coming. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. Find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. See you Monday, folks. (laughs) This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Good night, Rob. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.